magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. Good morning. Today is Friday, January 19th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Can we start the show today talking about the stark, dark daggers of reality that are adulthood? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. You mean on a positive note? Okay. I was thinking about this. Adulting's fun. Well, I was thinking about this this morning, and I often um, have transcribed these sorts of thoughts into my daughter's journals so she will be prepared for what waits ahead of her. Mm -hmm. But one of the beautiful things about being a child Mm -hmm. is you, the the circumstances in the life you lead are the circumstances that are created for you around the people who take care of you. Yeah. Right? So- For example, when you see snow fall on the ground, yippee ki yay snow day, snow man, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, let's have fun. Maybe it's a two-hour delay. Snow Mm -hmm. was the, waking up to snow as a child was the ultimate key to the kingdom of adventure (laughs) and happiness and greater joy. Mm -hmm. And I realize now, as an adult, that was because, obviously, A, everything was taken care of for me, Mm -hmm. and I actually lived right next to every school I ever went to, whether it was elementary school, junior high, or high school. I, you know, from a very, as a very young boy, I always just was capable of walking to school. So if the weather was, you know, not good enough that you couldn't, I wasn't able to walk to school. There was a chance there was no school. So there was no downfall to snow. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, just the, <laughs> the pain on my father's face as he would be forced to venture out into the world when it was snowing. And I couldn't fathom as a young boy why he would have such I'm not going to say a look of death in his eyes, but something very similar to that. While it was such this utopian existence to me, and I thought the problem must be him. Well, no, he was thinking about he had to shovel the driveway. He's got to drive in that snow. And as we age, Rob, something you'll find out, it that cold weather can seep into your bones and make things a little harder to get going. Thank you, Casey. So contrast that. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am now 40 years old, yes. and I woke up this morning, uh-huh. and I first thing I did before I let the dog out or anything else is I looked out the window, and I saw a snow-covered plane, my lawn, my driveway, mm-hmm. my sidewalk, the roads. Uh-huh. And the first thing I did was go, oh, oh no. <laughs> and it was as though I was stopped in the middle of that, and someone said, You have now become your dad. Do you now get it? Welcome to it. All my life's a circle, sun up and sun down. Oh, you've become your dad. So I just—it happens to everybody eventually. So fascinating that the thing that once brought me such immense joy Mm -hmm. had me not understanding how everyone couldn't share in that joy has now been plunged through my heart as it was my father's before me, and likely. 
his father before him. Yes, yes. As reality sinks in, I had a similar thought because my daughter talked about coming home this weekend from Purdue. And as I was leaving to come into work today, I said, uh, we better check on the roads to make sure that's a safe drive because, you know, I don't want her on the highway slipping and sliding. And it's something you never fathom. My wife and I had this conversation on something totally separate last night, which we'll get into in a little bit later in the show. Mm-hmm. But I said, and, and I've, I've now, as I become a parent through the whole pregnancy process and everything, I, it is just, I wish, <laughs> uh, you know, how I wish, I wish I hadn't killed that fish. How I wish mm-hmm. that as a young boy, like maybe, I don't know if I could have time traveled back to myself as a young boy or someone, I don't know if I'd have listened to anybody. I was a bit rebellious in my younger years. But if someone had been able to grab me and say, you have no concept mm-hmm. of what your parents went through in order to raise you. And you need to appreciate every single second of your parents because you don't get it. And there will come a day Mm -hmm. in your late 30s where it will hit you between the eyes like a ton of bricks, mister. And it is just simple little things. Like, again, I was always able to walk to school Mm -hmm. if I had to go somewhere someone took me. (laughs) And it's just little things like driving to work in this weather. Not to confuse this with the blizzard of 78. Not to say that this was some sort of frozen tundra that I was unable to manage my way to work. Clearly, I am here. Yep. But it just took an extra 20 minutes you had to, to be get cautious. into work. I had to go a different way mm-hmm. because there were accidents on the road. Why am I doing this? To feed and take care of my family. And I know my kid will not appreciate it either. That's the <laughs> thing. That's why I'm writing it all down in a journal, Casey. Someday she will appreciate it. When you were younger, were you always in a hurry to grow up and be an adult? Because I was. I always just wanted to be on my own and do my own thing. Thing, an adult, and now that I'm here, yes, boy, wouldn't I trade everything <laughs> to go back and have everybody pay my bills, make my meals, and take care of me? <laughs> so anyway, I didn't mean to like start the show on a down note, but I just I thought that was fa- like there are moments in your life where things just hit you right between mm-hmm. the eyes, yeah. And I'm sitting there staring out the window this morning. With an, an audible oh no escapes from my body, and it <laughs> struck me like a bolt of lightning that I have become. I, I have uh, the, the thing, circle the, is complete. The thing that once brought me so much joy. Yes, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> you became your dad. Hi, Mike. Good morning. <laughs> it is twelve minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about this morning, and that is Joe Biden. He was giving a speech at Abbotts Creek Community Center. Where this is Abbotts Creek Community Center. This is in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh. He was there in trying to drum up support for his economic policies. And He's not giving up on that yet, Casey. No, no, we're still calling it Bidenomics, by the way. Uh, and while he was there, he had a bit of a memory malfunction. You, you know, he does this often, right? Such a nice way for you to say that. Yeah, he was trying to recognize somebody in the crowd who, well, wasn't there. Appreciate it very much. I also want to mention Congressman Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? This year, I just had my picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. No, I'll kid this time. Anyway, you, you can, oh, she couldn't be here, actually. That's not true. I got it mixed up. Mm-hmm. And she has, uh, you know, she fights very hard for the people of this district, and she's up in Washington right now. <laughs> now, there's a guy who likes to talk about his dad, too. 
The difference is the things when I talk about my dad, they actually happened, Casey. <laughs> and they're they're it's based on a real person. Yeah. So wait a second. So he Kev, can we play the first part of that again? Because it, my hearing's not what it what it once was. But I he said he just had his picture taken with this person. Is Correct. That, can we play that one more time? Appreciate it very much. I also want to mention Congressman De- Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah? This year, I just had my picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. No, all kidding to Anyway, you, you can, oh, she couldn't be here actually. That's what? not true. I got it mixed up. Okay, and so she, so this uh, is the Secretary of Commerce. <laughs> it's not some you know person he just met or was thrust upon him is mm-hmm. a you know this man donated a sizable sum to your campaign. Please snap this photo. This is a cabinet level person who. He believed in that moment he had just taken his picture with, and at some point he caught himself that he hadn't, but he doesn't have the mental faculties anymore to realize, I'm going to make myself sound even more stupid if I admit that didn't happen, because nobody would know whether it did or didn't happen, or Mm -hmm. call him, and the media's not going to call him out on it. This guy is He's gone, Casey. Are they using a laugh track like they did in old TV shows? Did you hear that audience laughing at him like he just told a real a real good one? Is it happy days? Will there be ruckus applause when the Fonz right, comes out? out? Okay, so, but here he is during the same speech, and he's doing it again, Rob. He's telling stories, or is this just another lie? I don't know. He's talking about his son, Bo, and how Bo passed away. I did that at an event and people didn't have chairs and the press looked at me and said, what the hell's the matter with that guy? Anyway, ever thank you. Sergeant First Class, I was telling him my son Bo, who I lost because of what happened in Iraq. Anyway, my, my son Bo, when he made major in Iraq, I was I was there. I wasn't with him when he made that, when he got promoted. But I was with him later at an event, at an event, and it's, anyway. In Iraq. I didn't want to say where I was, but. Uh, and uh, I said, Bo, congratulations, you're now a field grade officer. So, just a reminder his son, Bo, passed away from cancer. Yes. Not well, in Iraq. Well, after his service in right. Iraq. Um, <laughs> mm hmm. I, exactly. You know who he's become? <laughs> who? He has become Grandpa Simpson hmm. from The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, Kev is laughing as I'm saying that because it, he knows exactly. It is, it is this guy who drivels on, mm-hmm. it, often incoherently. Occasionally there's a point of substance to be made, but very rarely. And you just, I mean, what do you even say to that, Casey? What do you even? I mean, what he is? He, he, he can't say it. He has literally become a cartoon character. I challenge you today to go to YouTube. Wait until noon. We don't care what you do during Tony Katz, but wait until noon. Go to YouTube, <laughs> Google, uh, put in you know uh, Grandpa Simpson mm-hmm. and watch montages of Grandpa Simpson, and then compare it to the two clips you just heard, and tell me mm-hmm. that is not Grandpa Simpson. Okay, so we've got some things happening in Indy, the NFL Combine, and also crack fries. That's coming up from ninety three WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
Sneaky that first segment, but I'm not going to let you get away with it again. What are you talking about, Rob Kendall? Well, it is the Kendall and Casey show, mm-hmm. and uh, look, you're a very modest person, yeah. but it is your uh, 32nd birthday today. Yes. And we were not going to go any longer than one segment without wishing you a very happy 32nd birthday. Thank you. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you, guys. Uh, you left a nice card for me on my desk when I came in. Uh, uh, yes, we did, and um, we just wish you the best, and our lives are so much better because uh, you're in it, and um, we we at our house want to be the family you deserve, Casey. Uh, Denny Smith sent me a message. And was he singing? Yes, he was. <laughs> can I can I play it? I don't know how it's going to sound. I'm yeah, just going to try it. and yeah, do this. Absolutely. Let's see. Today is your birthday, or so I've been told. <laughs> what a wonderful feeling, just one more year old. On a cake there will be candles all lighted for you. And the whole world will be singing, happy birthday to you. Oh, that's so sweet. Denny Smith him. is a great singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of these days I want to hear him rap. <laughs> lay down some birthday bars. Right, right. Lay, be lay down on a beat. Sure. He, and he does that every year on our birthday, and he remembers, which is amazing. I don't know if he has like some sort of internal company list. Some people mm-hmm. are like that. They just uh, internalize these birthdays and yeah. they keep it all scheduled in their Denny minds. Denny strikes me as the sort of guy, my grandmother used to have this, and I'm sure many, many people still do, a calendar like that they hang on the wall mm-hmm. and part of and that- And write down people's and birthdays. And the birthdays are the, it is just for the people's birthdays. Nothing else goes on there and that's how they never miss a birthday. You know who else is celebrating birthday today? Who? Dolly Parton. No kidding! And also Pete Buttigieg. No I kidding. share a birthday with Pete Buttigieg! And that's so wild because you lived for many, many years in, in South, South Bend. Bend. Yes, I know. And we never celebrated together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think you were quite his type, Casey. <laughs> no, not exactly. Alright, let's talk about what's coming to Indy or should I say remaining in Indianapolis and that is the NFL Combine. So there had been much uh, talk because the NFL draft, after many, many years at Radio City Music Hall in New York, has now gone on the road, and that is a big deal. You know, They alternate between NFL cities, and that's a huge deal. And the NFL Combine has been in Indianapolis for many, many years, and there was some concern, and there still is, that in the near future it may end up leaving the city of Indianapolis. The the difference is the draft is a one-day, one-time – well, it's more than one day now. It's multiple days. But the, it, the point is it doesn't – you're going to one place. There's one thing. It's one location. Boom, here it is. And mm-hmm. I think it's over three, three days now. But the point is it's all centralized. The teams are there. It's the same facility, whatever. The NFL draft – or the NFL combine, rather – unlike the draft, is over many, many days. It's many, many events. It's many, many types of things. It involves many, many people having to be in many, many locations. And Indianapolis, and as critical as we are of the city of Indianapolis today, one thing that was done wonderfully was the connectivity of the city. And I heard Tony talking about this coming into work today, and he's absolutely right. With the NFL NFL Combine, if you've got to be somewhere – Now, they've ruined this a little bit because the red line has made it much harder to drive downtown than it used to be or take a car somewhere or a taxi or whatever than it used to be. But still, compared to other major metropolitan cities, it is a relatively easy easy path of travel by motor car. Mm -hmm. But if you can't, for some reason, get an Uber or find a 
scooter or whatever, it is still a highly walkable in endeavor. And so the city of Indianapolis still has that advantage compared to every other city that is going to be bidding on the NFL combine. And when you're talking something that is over a set of a week and there's all these meetings and, you know, there's all the measurements and watching the guys run and interviews and, you know, all of these things that are taking place, Indianapolis still has an inherent advantage that other cities do not. So Dallas and Los Angeles both tried to get the combine, but it's going to remain here in Indy. Well, remember, Dallas is interesting because Remember what a disaster the Dallas Super Bowl was. Remember how we got perfect weather during the Super Bowl, and then obviously you had the connectivity of the city, and people were like, this is the greatest Super Bowl in the history of ever. And then Dallas had the freeze, which was a complete disaster because they had no ability to salt or to you know get the ice removed or whatever. The other thing with Dallas was the actual stuff was nowhere near where the people were staying. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that is still fresh in the mind of the National Football League to say, wait a second, this isn't a thing where you're going to get 75,000 people to attend the combine in terms of an audience. It is a, pr a thing primarily done for the teams, the franchises, the businesses that support them themselves. So it's not it really, the ease of being able to conduct business is the most important thing. Yeah, the NFL executive vice president said India's continued to innovate and help us evolve both the setup for the football evaluation process as well as the growing in-person experience for football fans. And that is something that has happened over the years. I mean, it used to be NFL Combine, okay, but now more and more people sure. are becoming interested in that. And the Colts chief off operating officer, he said Indy's proven time and again that we are uniquely positioned and equipped to host 100%. this event, just like you said, because 100%. it is a walkable city. 28 minutes after nine, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the Indiana Supreme Court issued a ruling yesterday afternoon about Richard Allen's original attorneys. They have been reinstated. And additionally, the special judge is going to be able to continue presiding over the case. Okay, so obviously Richard Allen is the suspect in the Delphi murders. And yesterday, as Casey said, there was a big argument. Uh, by the way, we are often critical of government, but kudos. The Indiana Supreme Court, and this is now true, uh, and I think each kind of judicial area gets to make their own choice, is now allowing proceedings to be live streamed. So, like, I think your county judges have the ability, if they so desire, to have their proceedings live streamed. That's phenomenal because the government is funded by the people. The people have the right to know what goes on in their government. And now, not only can you listen to, you could have listened to yesterday's. You can watch it mm -hmm. in real time. And so even from just a pure, you take obviously the interest in this case, but from a transparency standpoint and even civics, like how many people actually know how the Supreme Court operates? I, I talked to, uh, you know, somebody yesterday who follows this very closely, who is familiar with the legal system, but not the Supreme Court, and said it was in, very interesting to watch how the judges would interrupt during you know statements, not even question and answer. And so that the Supreme Court deserves all sorts of credit uh, for, for opening the doors on this so people could get the whole story and, you know, it's not reporting or hearsay or whatever else. So the big thing that came out of yesterday is the Supreme Court ruled that Allen can have those two original attorneys, mm -hmm. uh, Baldwin and Rosie, put back on the case, which is what he wanted. Um, 
And my theory stands, once again, that if you want a case lost, the best way to possibly do that is to put Todd Rokita in charge of arguing for it. And Rokita, well, someone uh, doing Rokita's bidding got up there yesterday because the attorney general's office was in support of the judge, the judge's ruling, striking those attorneys, and they lost big time. So once again, proof, Rokita don't know what he's doing, is a terrible attorney, and hopefully he won't be the attorney general soon. Neither here nor there on this discussion. However, they are going, the Supreme Court did allow, by the way, it is totally ridiculous that if these two attorneys who were willing to work for free. I mean, this was laughable, and it shows the bias of this judge, which should be a giant red flag to everyone. These two attorneys were willing to work for free. They said, oh, don't make us the public defenders? Fine, we'll be private counsel for free. No, 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 you can't do that. Mm -hmm. That is ridiculous, and everybody should have their antennas up right now because I don't know whether this guy did it or he didn't, but right now, every day he comes off as a sympathetic figure because it appears law enforcement has gone out of their way Mm -hmm. to make this as humanly difficult as possible for this guy to put on a defense. So he was supposed to have his trial this month, but they have moved that to October of later this year. And his attorneys, they did release a statement. They said they're very pleased about the court's order. And they said they spoke with his wife, and she's happy and relieved that his attorneys have been reinstated. Look, I am no man of the law, Casey, Mm. and I don't pretend to be, but I've talked about this with numerous legal people, people who have spent time inside the criminal justice system, and nobody can give me a straight answer on this. If somebody wants somebody to be their attorney, and that attorney is willing to work for free, how could a judge say no? That can't possibly happen. say no. And this is where, whether you think he did it, he didn't do it, whether you're indifferent, whether you don't know, you should have a major problem with how this case is unfolding because this case is so important and so high profile. You would think the justice system would swing to his side in terms of erring on the side of caution or benefit of the doubt. So that way, if the guy is indeed convicted, on appeal or whatever else people can say look he got not only a fair trial he got every ruling you know every tie you know tie goes to the runner ruling in his favor there's no doubt this guy did it case closed it has been the exact opposite in this case which tells me when it's not just one group of people doing it when it's multiple people doing it there is something really really wrong going on here and by the way it is gross that Todd Rokita and his merry band of misfits got up there in support of this you know judge yesterday because she's horrible she's awful and I hope I'm assuming Baldwin and and Rosie will try to get her removed now um, because that'll probably be the next step because there's no way he's getting a fair trial if she's the judge. Well, that's the, one of the things that he had requested. Allen wanted that judge to be replaced. He also wanted a speedy trial within 70 days, and, and he did not get that. And the rumor on this is, now again, this is just conjecture, the belief is that he wants a speedy trial because he thinks the prosecution, or his, his lawyers think, the prosecution's case is so weak and they're so disorganized that they wanted to move this thing forward because they got they got nothing. And there are people who believe that there was pressure. Who knows whether, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this happened by any stretch of the imagination, but part of the judge's boot of them off the case was because of the pressure on them wanting that that speedy trial. All I'm saying with this is I have no idea if this guy did it, if he didn't do it. I have serious questions about whether he did it. I certainly have questions about whether he would have acted alone. But the way the the police, the sheriffs, the state police, uh, 
the the judge, I mean, and look, there's many good people inside state police. I'm not condemning them as a total organization. But all of this is making the average person, when you read these court filings, go, something is not right here. And that is the last thing that, first of all, it's the last thing for the girls and for the parents mm-hmm. that, that, that they should have to go through. But now there's all this divisiveness and doubt and, and red flags, and it is so needless if the guy did it and you got the evidence to put him away put it all out there let him put on whatever defense he wants to put on and then the the you know a jury of his peers is but it, it is, he is not getting any of that right now no it's moving in slow motion it's going to be another 10 months uh everything about this entire situation has been out of the ordinary yeah and and, and it's this this should have been from day one by the book, whatever the rules are, we're not going to be just inside the line. We're going to be 30 feet inside the line. And, I mean, again, when you read those filings, what his, well, now I guess his current defense attorneys, Baldwin and Rosie, allege about the police and potential cover-ups from the, the sheriff. And, I mean, that stuff is all going to have to be worked through. And if any of that stuff proves to be true. If they can prove any of that, this whole case goes up in smoke. And if he did it, if he did it, that is the last thing anybody should want. It is 942 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So if you want to save a few cents, you might want to stock up on forever stamps. The postage price set to increase on Sunday. So after the hike, what? It's going to cost 68 cents to send a letter via snail mail. Okay, I have many, many. I know we do. We have many, many. Uh, post office employees who love this show and mm-hmm. we love you back. I had a chance to visit with them uh, last fall at my other job. They had an event out there and they are just big fans of our show. So we love you guys. So, and you know, I, I've said many times I have the greatest mailman in mm-hmm. all the land. Nigel's good personal friend, mailman yeah. Justin, who has been our mailman for many, many years and is just out of this world. Great. So this is in no way a commentary on them or the service they're providing. It is the comment on the the just finances of this and you look at we live in a digital world newspapers have seen this exact same thing yep subscriptions have uh decreased yeah and we live in a world where fewer and fewer people are sending things physically either you know through the mail or reading in their hands or whatever so in many ways the post office is a victim of that however if you go back and do just a kind of a cursory glance, and I'm not trying to do when I was a kid, things were a better country, but I told you, I said, Casey, I am certain, I gave two numbers to you during the break. I said, I am certain mm-hmm. for a predominant portion of my childhood, a stamp was 29 and 32 cents. Yeah. And I looked it up and from 1991 to 1999, so a decade, a stamp, uh, I'm sorry, was, yeah. So it went, yeah, from 1991 to 1999, a stamp went up three cents. So that is, hey, inflation, reasonable, whatever. Nobody's going to blink an eye at that. Nobody's going to think about sending a letter in the mail. It's a reasonable increase. Stuff costs more. Great, fine. But then when you compare and contrast, so that's a decade, the price of a stamp went from 46 cents Mm -hmm. in January of 2013 to now 68 cents today. That's a 24 cent increase. And that is unsustainable. People are just not simply, they're just simply going to find ways to avoid using the service. And you can only price people 
to a point so much. I'm not saying I have all the answers on this. I love our mail carrier friends. They are awesome. They are innocent victims in all of this, but that is not going to work. And there are fewer and fewer older people who only use mail and older souls like me who only use mail. <laughs> and so something's got to give because that's a lot of money to send a letter. Well, you're talking about the rate of the increases. It, it's, it's the fifth one since 2021. It's the fifth increase right. in three years. The price of priority mail and also ground is also going to increase by 5%. Uh, so I hope the post office gets it figured out. The post, uh, It is, if you... Th- think about it you can send something from indiana to california might it take a week yes Mm -hmm. but 68 cents that's a pretty good deal when it consider you what it would cost you to drive to california to give that to to someone yeah however i just the logistics of it are when you have fewer and fewer people using your service and then you keep charging people more who have been loyal to continue to use the service i just think the the end result is then more and more people just decide not to use the service. Inflation, it's getting everything, I Rob. worry about the future everything. of the post office. And so I the Super 70 sports guy posted this the other day, and it is so true, and I can't remember verbatim what he said, but it's a photo of a mailman carrying the mail, and he said, said something like, I don't care what age you are, when you see the mailman coming, mm-hmm. if you see him out your window, yeah. you still get excited, and that's a pretty freaking cool job. So <laughs> God bless all the letter carriers out there. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, the landscape of Broad Ripple is going to change, and many people call them crack fries. Yeah. That's what happens at Hopcat, right? Yeah. Well, that's one of many things that happens I, at the Hopcat. Um, you can enjoy those. Well, <laughs> you're going to have to get over there because according to their Facebook, Facebook page, Hopcat and Broad Ripple is scheduled to close on January 28th. No! <laughs> so you I'm, lie. Take it back, vile woman. Nope, nope. These are the facts. They thank everybody for their support and hope to see everybody before they close their doors later this month. And they they say uh, if your travels bring you our way, we look forward to seeing you at one of our ten other Hopcat locations. So they have nine other locations throughout the state of Michigan, right. and one other location in Lincoln, Nebraska. So the one in Broad Ripple was the only Hopcat location in Indiana. And if I'm the people in Lincoln, Nebraska, I might be getting a little nervous right now because it seems that they're closing their locations outside of Michigan. So Hopcat was famous, as you said, for the fries, Mm -hmm. but they also had a great beer variety. Mm -hmm. And Hopcat also had, has, I'm sure they still do, large portraits of various famous musicians all over the the wall and at one point there was a large portrait i'm sure it's still there because all these people you know were obviously put up there for a reason but there was a large portrait of born in the usa bruce springsteen mm. with the jean jacket and the bandana and is that where your table was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Uh, but most notably for me, the Hopcat mm-hmm. is connected to the parking garage. Oh. And as we've talked about many times on on this uh, sh- uh, show, and I have no idea as I've many, many years removed from that, but the, the flaw in the parking garage that the people who put the thing together didn't really exactly figure out was 
there was a, after a certain time, there was a 12-hour window where you could pay one fee and park there for 12 hours. So if you were willing to roll in at 9.01 p.m., and you'd have to, like, time this up (laughs) to make sure that you were on the whatever the thing was, Mm -hmm. you could then stay in your car until 9.01 a.m., and you would pay essentially the rate of whatever, you know, four or five or six hours was, because after a point, they just went, because they thought nobody would be crazy enough to spend to spend the night in a parking garage. Oh, yes, they would. <laughs> His name is Rob Kendall. And, and so for me, the Hopcat was mm-hmm. the last mm-hmm. stop on a successful celebratory uh, stroll back after uh, many, a, many a fine memory and adult beverage. And I cannot... How is it going out of business, Casey? Okay, so some people are speculating that it's because of the construction, but I would think that it probably has more to do with consolidation for that company. Like I mentioned, they have nine other locations throughout the state of Michigan. Uh, This was their only location in Indianapolis or in Indiana for that matter. You know, we've seen a lot of restaurants struggle Uh, During COVID, post-COVID, you've got the economy, less people are going out to eat. And then let's also talk about how less people are coming to Indianapolis and they're spending more time in the donut counties in, you know, Carmel and Fishers and going out to restaurants there. So I think that there's probably a multi-front aspect going on here with Hopcat. Well, it was interesting. And I do think the construction, because Broad Ripple's been a nightmare uh, for a long time now thanks to the city of indianapolis um and that probably plays a part in it i drove through you know kind of the core of broad ripple when we had our radiothon and i try to do this every year and it's just it's funny to see things in light of day and Mm -hmm. you know just kind of reminisce and remember that was such and such and that happened there and glad the cops weren't watching when we did that you know just all of those sort of things of the innocence of youth and I was, you know, only doing it once a year now. It is amazing how they are largely gutting what Broad Ripple used to be and what it used to mean. And they have really, they are largely eliminating, at least in that core area there, kind of the party, good time, fun feel of Broad Ripple. And, you know, the apartment yuppie upscale thing is Mm -hmm. winning and... Look, I would say within a decade or two, that thing won't look anything what a, the the way it once looked at all, and it'll all be just like everything else. Casey, mm-hmm. it will be taken away from me. That's <laughs> just a, that's all that happens anymore. Sorry, stuff times that was special it just goes away, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully the Vogue will last forever. That'll be the last bastion. That'll probably be the last one to go. But I mean, it's just it is wild, and you hit the nail on the head as the city has refused to secure its properties, downtown, Broad Ripple, et cetera, these donut counties, mm-hmm. uh, especially, you know, like Hamilton County, Johnson County, have done a phenomenal job at saying, look, you don't have to go there anymore. Yeah. You, We will come to you, and there's all these kind of nice places to go and spend an evening out that don't involve having to go to singular locations. Yep. Okay, so, you know, the uh, World Economic Forum is going Boo! on right now. And John Kerry gave a really interesting description of Joe Biden, and then Mike Braun commented on it. Oh, how exciting. So we've got that on the way for you. It's 93 WIBC.